This podcast is sponsored by Performance Services. We're an Indiana design and construction company. We specialize in new construction, high-performing building renovations, and water solutions for cities and towns. Our approach to projects results in cost-effective and quality outcomes with a no-change order guarantee. Performance Services is a local builder with a national reach. This is Pete Smith. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's build together. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Hi, and welcome to AIM, uh, AIM's Hometown Innovations Podcast. Our guests today are Mayor Matt Gentry of Lebanon and Mayor Tyler Moore of Kokomo. Mayors, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, Ms. Matt. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Well, both of your communities have uh, been in the news big time here recently for some major economic development announcements. Uh, we thought this would be a great opportunity to have both of you on the podcast, share some of the, the news in each of your communities. Uh, but also, I think, communicate to fellow mayors, fellow elected officials around the state, maybe about what some of the early lessons learned have been and, and like, typically come with big announcements like this and maybe some of the creative solutions you're finding already to, to meet some of the challenges uh, associated with the project. So we'll, we'll jump right in. Uh, Mayor Gentry, we'll start with you first. Um, you know, for those of you that don't uh, receive much of the news from the central part of the state, uh, it was recently announced that uh, adjacent to Lebanon and soon to be in Lebanon, I think, right, Mayor? That's right. In Boone County, it'd be the future home of the a new Eli, Eli, Eli Lilly manufacturing facility. Um, and it might also be Indiana's first innovation development district. Um, we had a lot of discussion during the legislative session about the IDD's innovation development di districts, but you're probably in the best position to just briefly describe, you know, what an innovation development district is. You know, you sort of discovered this early on in session in some language, uh, and then what some of the early conversations are about the project and whether an innovation development district tool might be used in, in your case. Yeah, so I think uh, it's important to kind of give it a kind of background on, on you know, what the investment is and how we're looking at it. How do we, you know, essentially serve it? Um, you know, so it's about a $2.1 billion investment being made by Eli Lilly in the Lebanon area. Uh, it's, it was outside of city limits, but um, as I mentioned, just mentioned, you know, we just had our annexation ordinance that actually brought the, um, that those properties into the city with a, a super voluntary annexation. Um, so with that, you know, it, it is a, it, it's about a, it's just adjacent to Interstate 65, um, north of, of the city currently. So one of the challenges and kind of one of the things uh, that we're trying to work through very closely with the IDC and the state um, is access to the site. And so part of, I think, what the, the vision of the state um, is to use the IDD concept for is actually to help fund a new um, interchange off of Interstate 65. Um, as we all know, you know, those are never cheap projects. So I think the state can use 
Um, essentially, the increment being created um, by Lilly um, to help fund that interchange, but as well as additional um, infrastructure around it, the additional roads. You know, we, we've, you know, water is a challenge here in Lebanon, so sourcing additional sources of water is important for us. Um, so the IDD essentially is allowing the state to, you know, it'll capture the state portion of the income tax, the state uh, portion of the sales tax, as well as 88% of the generated property tax. So there's a, a guaranteed 12% uh, minimum pass-through to the local entities. So schools, cities, counties, all the other taxing units um, that will get passed through onto our essentially net assessed value. Um, so that comes with some, some quirks that we're trying to work through as well, still too, as well. Um, but you know, it, it does allow the state to kind of capture that increased increment with these significantly large developments because they do have to be greater than $2 billion to qualify for this IDD designation. Um, and then allows the state to kind of essentially work with the locals to make sure we can serve these sites and, and bring these types of uh, high paying, high skilled next generation jobs of the future that we want, that we all want to see in our community. So um, I think what's important for all the leaders around the state to know though, is that all of these deals are gonna be different, right? Every one of these companies probably got different needs, different things they need to focus on. And you know, every project's gonna be there, it's not a, it's not cookie cutter, right? So it's definitely gonna be a conversation of a, a discussion, a partnership with the state um, to how do we you know best serve these types of users? Because you know, these are companies that we are all going to be needing and wanting for the next, you know, 50, years. So um, it's, it's, I would say be patient because there's a, there's a process you go through that you have to have conversations. It's, it's a, it's a collaborative process. Um, you, we do as locals still retain a lot of the zoning planning authority over it. So that's kind of where those conversations happen. I think it's a big check that in, in governor that we have on the process. Um, but those are important conversations to have just continuously throughout um, but also know that we wouldn't be able to do a development like this without the assistance of the state, right? So I think, you know, if, you know, the state starts talking to you about something like this, have in mind what you feel like your community needs and then have ways to align those, um, those, those needs with ways to help, help the state can help you with that. You know, I think another important piece to remember is, is Eli Lilly is a really important company to the state of Indiana. You know, it's, wouldn't be out of the question that they could pull up stakes and go to another place or merge with a larger pharmaceutical company. So the fact that they're investing, making that kind of investment here in Indiana is, is really important, I think. It's it's their largest investment in the state of Indiana since like the late 80s. So, um, you know, we've seen them invest in North Carolina, we've seen them invest in Ireland. Um, you know, this theoretically could have gone anywhere, right? But to so the fact they're making investments here in Indiana um, is a testament to the state of what they're trying to do um, you know, with anything, you know, any new process can be scary, right? A lot of uncertainties, you know, but I think just having the approach, the mindset of, you know, this is a partnership that we're all going to need to work together to make, you know, both your community and your region and our state all stronger together, I think is the kind of the mentality you just have to have with that. Mayor Moore, uh, switch the attention to you here for just a second. Kokomo has definitely been in the news as well. Stellantis is bringing, you know, 1,400 jobs or so to your community. Uh, for a new lithium ion battery plant, uh, the investment somewhere in the two and a half to $3 billion range, which is just incredible. Um, maybe same as Mayor Gentry, just talk a little bit about the project and what it was like to get the call and, and where you've been going uh, so far uh, with IEDC and, and the company on down the road. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, Mayor Gentry practically wrote the 
script that that I would have said, just insert Stellantis or insert Eli Lilly with, with Stellantis. And it is, I mean, with a project of this scope and size, uh, we would not have been able to do it without the uh, assistance of the state IEDC. And, uh, and it was an all in uh, approach um, uh, and very fast paced uh, with it being a joint venture with uh, Stellantis and Samsung SDI. Um, there were a lot of expectations and, and I think because of Stellantis's presence, I mean, obviously Stellantis was formerly Chrysler and, and FCA, uh, that uh, their uh, longstanding history in Kokomo and Howard County and their trust in the workforce and, uh, and their existing footprint uh, did lead to them uh, selecting or asking that uh, Kokomo and Howard County be one of the uh, sites that they were considering uh, as they looked uh, both in Ohio and in Michigan. And so um, similar to what Mayor Gentry was saying, I mean, as, as locals, I mean, really you know, to have that good working relationship with the state IEDC, because uh, it wasn't that we were, uh, I mean, that they were initially coming to us and saying, hey, this is what we're putting up. It's like, hey, this is what we're thinking, uh, but you're in competition with Ohio and Michigan. And so a lot of projects of this scope and size, uh, there is a sense of, of, of trust uh, in, the, in the state's expertise and, and their resources and such uh, that uh, need to, to rely, rely upon and, and uh, coordinate with. And, uh, and, and fortunately, uh, I think again, because of uh, the uh, history that Stellantis had, not just in Kokomo Howard County, but in the state of Indiana and then the um, business friendly atmosphere that uh, the, the governors created and, um, and what we were able to uh, package together as well uh, was huge. Now, the, I think the jury's still out as to whether or not uh, the state will determine that area as an IDD. Uh, it's definitely been part of the discussion uh, as we were putting the package together um, and uh, and they're part of the ground that they of these of this initial phase is outside of the city limits. So we too are uh, working through a voluntary annexation of, of the other half, if you will, of the, of the ground. Uh, but uh, some of the struggles that um, or the challenges uh, that we now face, you know, one uh, with the uh, need of for infrastructure for the facility of, of this size, both gas and electric and, and water, um, you know, is it goes back to, to the trust factor. I mean, we're trusting that, you know, each of the utilities uh, are able to provide uh, the uh, infrastructure that they've uh, not necessarily promised, but but they've added you know to to the package, and so working you know in in coordination uh, with them to make sure that uh, what we've got. But I guess even before the facility is is up and operational, and we have the fourteen hundred jobs, uh, what we're uh, faced with now are the uh, close to two thousand. Uh, construction crew, 2,000 member construction crew that are going to be in the next 18 to 24 months building this plant, you know, and housing them, feeding them, and uh, being able to uh, have the, the local, you know, retail and, and entertainment and, and such uh, support that. And so, um, again, that's what we're, we're facing now, working with the contractor and maybe some uh, subcontractors as well is to find uh, the housing uh, for these 2,000 individuals that are going to be in here building uh, the facility in the next uh, handful of, of months and, and years before they open the door as proposed in, in 2025. Um, so, and then 
again, a, a, a huge challenge, uh, but uh, one that we may have to look to a, a work with other uh, cities and, and counties in the, in the surrounding area, which I think um, was part of the benefit, uh, if you will, from the, the recent Ready initiative uh, that the state and we had already come together as, as a region uh, here in our area. And so knowing the, the impact that uh, this project will have, not just on Cocoa and Howard County, but uh, the surrounding counties as well that may have folks that uh, commute in and out or vice versa, uh, you know, spouses that, that may work in the other counties if they're working, you know, here. So um, I think the regional approach is going to be uh, very uh, influential and, and beneficial as, as we move forward as well. So um, it's a it was a rapid pace and, you know, to get the call early in November. Uh, and say to identify uh, three or four areas with the proper acreage and have that available and, and ready to, uh, to sell the, the county and, and, the, and the state and on a two week time period before uh, the uh, representatives from the joint venture came to, to Indiana on their uh, trip around through Ohio and Michigan as well was, uh, was quite the daunting task and we had a great team and again, a great working relationship with the state IEDC to, to, to land it. That's, that's interesting. You didn't learn about, you learned about November because I didn't learn about it until March. So you can imagine my time. <laughs> you win. <laughs> yeah, I learned about it in March 1st. So that was always, that was fun for me. So. You know, you both, both your cities uh, have had a, a long standing and certainly under both of your administrations of really looking at quality of place projects, building quality communities. So, you're ready for events like this should they happen. Well, now it's here. Uh, so maybe talk about what's next. You know, you're gonna have to, you talked about it, Mayor Moore, a little bit already. You're gonna have to have housing for all these folks. You're gonna have, there's gonna be an impact to schools, a, you know, a significant uh, number of new folks moving into your community. There's gonna be an impact on your infrastructure. Mayor Gentry, why don't you start us off here and just talk a little bit about how you're dealing with all those aspects of a major project like this. Yeah, great question, Matt. You know, you're, you're right. You know, quality of life is something we've been focusing on a lot. We've you know, started to see a lot of investments happening in Lebanon recently. Um, I would say the, the biggest thing we did is you know, we tried to prepare and plan for this as best we can. Conference of plans, UDO updates that we're going through right now. Um, thoroughfare plans, all those things that we that you do try to do as a city to try to prepare for this. Um, you know, but you, you said prepared, but I, I don't really ever think you actually can prepare for something like this, actually. Um, you know, we would have never envisioned a you know, research triangle type development um, coming to Lebanon, even our kind of our wildest dreams. So, um, but because of the investments we made in quality of life, you know, you know, I think that's why we kind of floated to the top of that list, but then also just a factor of our location too. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of ancillary impacts. You know, residential is going to be critical for this. You know, we're only adding 500 new jobs versus 1,400 in Kokomo, so um, not maybe as huge of an investment. But you know, but, but based on our location, though, we can bring people from Lafayette, um, Indianapolis, you know, Crawfordsville, Frankfurt. You know, they all kind of are in our labor shed, so to speak. Um, but that's kind of where the having the infrastructure in place is so critical, and and allowing the state to capture that that property tax to help make those large investments that, you know, we would not be able to. Um, you know, I, one thing that the, you brought to schools, I think is an important point of the IDD is that, you know, that 12% pass-through is, is, such, is kind of a unique thing, you know, because that actually, instead of a, a local TIF, right, where we, where the municipality captures all of that increment, 
Um, there is a pass through to all those schools now too, right? And I think that's something that is a little different than what we're used to dealing with, but I think it's a, actually is a selling point um, for your community. You said, hey, this isn't a, you know, the city's doing this and so we're capturing all the tax revenue, keeping it for ourselves. You know, it's going to lift all boats, right? The school's going to get additional AV, the county's going to get additional AV, you know, your, your township, your library, all those things um, that people depend upon are going to be parts of the success too. So that's kind of what's a little unique about the IDD that I think is a great kind of mechanism for it. Um, but, you know, as a city, these are challenges that we just, you have to overcome, right? It's, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is just having a open process and having those discussions and, um, you know, setting a strong vision for your community and then try to execute on that. Um, you know, you know, Lily's one situation, right? But, you know, the state's talked about, you know, uh, seven to 10,000 acres additional that they're, that they're looking at, right? So um, this is potentially just the first of many for us. So, you know, it's definitely how do we take a 20-year view on these on these types of, of development, and that's not an easy thing to hit. Um, so I think the biggest thing you can do is just try to have those have a strong partnership and have those conversations with the community um, to make sure you're getting the things you want to see um, as this develops and as this you know pro projects progress. Well, you mentioned 500 jobs, you know, likely on down the road, maybe after we're both done in these in this business, there's going to be literally thousands of more jobs probably coming to the area, both of your areas. Um, and if it is the new Indiana version of the research triangle, I love that it, the, that it has the name Lebanon in it now. Um, you know, it's not a uh, sort of vague name. It's very tied to the municipality that, that's close by. Mayor Moore, I know you've been working really hard and you mentioned it earlier on, on housing and working with some developers. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how it's going in, in today's market where all cities and towns, I think, are trying to get more housing into their communities? Right, yeah, and uh, obviously the previous administration had done a, a good job of, of gaining a little momentum in, in development and working on quality of place and quality of life, especially in the downtown area. And uh, there's still uh, a couple areas of, of development that there was kind of a wait and see uh, approach um, that now with this announcement, you know, has sparked a little bit of interest, not just breathing life into uh, those projects, you know, but uh, raising uh, some, some interest in uh, some proposed projects as well. Um, you know, one is the, the potential redevelopment of an old Haynes or Chrysler facility uh, on the south end of, of the downtown area off of one of our trails. So we're hoping that, you know, again, with, with what is anticipated and then the needs for housing and the increase of uh, potential of, of individuals in the, in the community uh, might uh, maybe pull the trigger, you know, on that. But, um, also, just ancillary uh, industry is as well. Uh, for decades, uh, again, with uh, Chrysler's presence uh, in the area, there's always been uh, talk of the need to diversify the economy. So there's not, you know, a, a, a focus or a heavy reliance on the automotive industry. And for that diversification to come within the automotive industry, within Stellantis, going from you know into the electric vehicles, and, you know, now. Uh, opens the door possibly for uh, some suppliers and you know in the in that industry or uh, potential others because the part of the ground that uh, was secured um, we had uh, done so intentionally 
initially as an industrial park and you know with a thought that okay you know with this 142 acres you know maybe in the next three four years and we'll start getting some lego pieces in there and get it occupied and for that to be, end up being the site uh, plus the additional ground to the east of it you know being the desired location uh, one of the additional challenges we have now is identifying another uh, area as an industrial park uh, for uh, any uh, potential development as, as well. So kind of a good problem to have, but a, but a challenge. But and as you mentioned, you know, Matt, the, the need for, for housing, um, everybody's, uh, I think, being faced with that, with that challenge um, and just being able to uh, identify, you know, what the needs would be and then try to uh, spark uh, additional uh, investment you know, from uh, residential developers uh, in the area such um, has done just that. So um, being able to uh, make that process easy from you know, a permitting standpoint and, you know, and rezoning and working with these developers you know, for areas uh, that may end up being used for residential or additional commercial uh, is gonna be huge from you know, a, a city standpoint. Let me go back to the, the IEDC here for just a little bit. You know, when they brought this concept forward, I remember sitting uh, in Senator Mishler's office first and he was talking to us about it. And I thought, oh gosh, you know, here's the state's attempt to take over all of TIF and the entire state of Indiana. You know, we're going to be cut out of the loop. And I knew a, a lot of our folks in our membership had similar concerns, but we spent countless hours working with them and, and we'll have to go back and make modifications to the bill. Certainly we know that. Uh, but at least from my vantage point, uh, I have nothing but good things to say about IEDC. It seems, you know, looking in from the outside that everything that they said would happen has happened. Uh, they've been very good at communicating with, with your communities and you on a regular basis. Is that accurate? And if so, maybe just talk a little bit about what other uh, communities might expect if they're fortunate enough to have a similar experience with, with the IDC on a project like these. Like these. Yeah, so essentially we, um, I mean, I talked about earlier, you know, I was informed on March 1st by the, the governor and the Secretary of Commerce of kind of, hey, here's our, here's our vision for this area. Um, you know, at that point, it wasn't within Lebanon city limits. So uh, we started, you know, we then looped in all the county commissioners and had those discussions. Um, but as this ever really since this, actually prior to the announcement, um, we've been really actually having weekly meetings. You know, I just got off a, a call with them this morning, right? So um, we are having essentially weekly meetings, you know, talking through issues, challenges, process, um, concerns. You know, I would say they've done a, a great job of being um advocates for our community as well, right? Because, you know, there's, we also know there are additional leads that they're submitting for, for at least for our site um, in Lebanon. So, you know, we're, you know, this is a, this is the beginning of a long-term partnership. And I, you know, I've been really um, appreciative of the outreach and of the efforts that the IEDC um, has to make here. You know, it's a lot of, you know, you're dealing with city officials, county officials, state officials, right? That's a lot of bureaucracies that all have to kind of work together. Um, and I think the IDC is in a very good job of, of, of trying to keep everybody in the loop. Um, maybe after some missteps initially, right? You know, it's a new process for everybody. Um, but I think we've recovered, right? I think we've brought everybody else up to speed now. And I think we're working very closely together 
um, and we'll continue to do so, I think, for, for a long time going forward because of the, of the vision and the scope of these types of projects. Yeah, I'd, I would agree. And I applaud, Matt, you and your team's efforts you know, during the legislative process when that was being uh, considered because, you, I mean, you did reach out uh, to the mayors and to the municipalities and to get our, our feedback. And, and we're advocates for, you know, protecting, you know, the, the local, the, the tools that we have locally to use as, as well and, and to help secure those. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that um, we're looking at uh, as we move forward as well and, and continue discussions with IEDC to, to see if um, they end up using uh, that in our area uh, as well. But um, no, I mean, it was, uh, as we jokingly, you know, mentioned before we started the recording, I mean, that's, that's why I was bending your ear quite a bit <laughs> during the process to see how things were going uh, with it. Uh, but no, your team's always been uh, outstanding and great advocates for uh, the small, for the municipalities. Well, I'll never forget the day that Mayor Gentry walked into a meeting <clears throat> down in our conference room at the offices and he had, <clears throat> had this bill in his hand and he was pointing to language and he's like, I think, I think this is us. And so it, he turned out to be exactly right. And uh, I'm really glad that the process is off to a, a good start. And, and hopefully this is uh, the beginning of something and a tool that we can use here in Indiana that is unlike many other states and something that it was going to be very positive for a long time. Anything that I missed or anything else you all want to add before we, we wrap things up? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I think there were definitely people that were skeptical of, you know, the need of this, right? Um, you know, you know, the final version of it, you know, I'm maybe not totally thrilled with, I would have loved to have even more, you know, the local board, but I know that's not in there and all that, but again, they still have been a great partners with us. Um, I do think it does need some tweaks, you know, something to consider that we're kind of working through. Um, you know, it, it's great for residents, right? Because we're again plan this $2.1 billion investment. Um, but a lot of that, you know, with that 12% pass through, you know, that's happening after it's already been annexed, right? So, we're going to see a we're going to max out all of our growth factors, things like that. Um, and so, you know, really, when you actually look at you know, call it new revenue to the city, um, we're probably only looking at about thirty thousand dollars additional revenue for the city of Lebanon. Um, which, you know, if the state's covering all the infrastructure, right, that's enough for us to cover to serve that. Um, we have police and and essentially to plow the roads and street maintenance. Um, but it definitely creates some questions of you know, it, it'll drop all of our city tax rate by 15% for residents, right, which is great, again, but, you know, maybe there's a way to how do we stagger this or have the, you know, you know, nuance some mechanisms with it. So I think it's, um, I think it's in a good spot. I think after having some experiences uh, with going through this now, um, I think there's some tweaks that could be made. I've already started to have conversations with our, our local state senators and uh, state representatives to say, and maybe there's some tweaks to make this a little bit more streamlined, you know, because I, I have a hard time maybe believing the state necessarily wants to build a new fire station for me, right? If we got to build a fire station out there. So, you know, how is there a way to, to kind of balance some of those things that, you know, maybe capital expenses that show up more than ongoing expenses, right? So there's going to, I think it's going to have to be a balancing act that we can maybe kind of work through unless, you know, unless they say, hey, yeah, we'll build a new fire station and just hand it over to you. Like, okay, you know, that may work. But, um, you know, those are things we just haven't crossed that path yet, right? Um, so I think those are ongoing sessions continue still need to happen. And, and I would just also say, um, because our area was not in the city, um, you know, if, if any of you are ever approached, you know, I would say loop in your county, com, you know, commissioners and county council as soon as possible. 
um, it will make the process go smoother. Obviously, there was a lot of angst in our area about this, you know, converting farmland to, you know, what's going to now essentially zone industrial. Um, you know, having those conversations with your community early, um, I think will put you on a, on a better front, front foot um, because there are a lot of questions that you work through the process that people want answers to. Um, and as we all know, going through your process, you learn certain things at different times, um, but, but they'll expect all the answers up front. Right. So I think being as open as possible, having those conversations and trying to loo everybody in early um, will pay dividends uh, down the road for you. Totally agree. I think communication is, is the key and, and not just, you know, internally, but, you know, with with county. And, um, and I know we worked closely with our economic development corporation here locally as well. But uh, you're right. I mean, it was um, a, an exciting uh announcement when it was made but because everything was you know flying under the radar and and uh kept uh under wraps for proprietary measures and because we were competing uh with a couple other states i mean once the announcement came out you know, there wasn't a, a a lot of uh, information that had been shared uh, initially um even for the city with our city council and so there was a, you know, a few that were you know that they didn't quite understand why they you know didn't get the opportunity to come to the table at that point and and as mayor gentry mentioned you know with with certain parts of the areas you know now being annexed in uh and then either uh, being you know subject to the idd or if they chose choose not to uh it's very likely we'll go the uh, traditional route and, and tiff that area which as he mentioned you know is going to affect county schools libraries and such and so continuing to have that communication and another land involving you know the, the the public so that it answers their questions but um to allow those other entities to uh feel part of the process and part of the decision making and having that assurance that uh there are going to be you know the the possibility of of, of pass-throughs and um you know and even if you gotta ink it to, to put their mind at ease um you know be open to do that but uh um, in projects and in situations like this, I'm sure Mayor Gentry can can agree. You got to put partisan politics aside, and you know, and then us versus them, you know, city versus county, or you know, local versus state, you know, to the side and and uh, and see the greater good and what that will uh, do and and the and the benefits that it'll reap, uh, you know, for years to come. So. A little bit of a little bit of rough waters, but uh, can definitely be navigated uh, when everybody's rolling in the right direction. Lebanon Mayor Matt Gentry, Kokomo Mayor Tyler Moore, thank you both for joining the podcast today. Certainly appreciate it. And, uh, good luck with both of these projects moving forward. Thanks, thank Matt. you.